If you search the internet for quotes about a mother's love for her son, you will find thousands of hallmark moments. The ability of a mother to forgive a child's transgression doesn't usually stop after childhood. But would you forgive an adult child who not only physically abused a relative's child, but frequently beat you black and blue? Love couldn't save either of them. This is the case of Tracy Lane Beatty, and this is Murder Me on Monday. Hello everyone, welcome back to the Murder Me on Monday podcast. I'm Cameron, and joined with me is Mother. Hello. We've had so much feedback this week. It's been really heartening, hasn't it, Cam? Nearly every day. Yeah, we get it every day, and you always send it to me. Yeah. And I don't have enough space on my phone, so it's constant. <laughs> I, I look at it and I go, oh, that's nice, and then... You have to delete it. No, and then I open it up again. It just says tap to download. I'm like, I don't remember what they said. Well, I heard a brilliant phrase this week. They described their family as so small they could have a reunion in a bathroom. And I so related to that. We don't talk about our numbers for the show on purpose, but we will say we've gone from what I would think to be a small, intimate venue to a larger one. And whilst it's terrifying, it's also a testament that my obsession with trying to wrinkle out every last detail and fact is appreciated. And losing our weekends is actually worth it. So thank you, everyone. Weekend day, evening. Yeah, well, my it's, weekend. Yes, yeah, okay, your weekend. No, yeah. no, not so much my weekend. It's fine. I don't care about that. Carry on. <laughs> we know that not everyone can financially support us via patreon.com, where you get early access and exclusive content. But a review or even just hitting the star button helps. And a huge, huge thank you to those that have done that. We have had some feedback about you specifically, though, haven't we, Cam? I'm aware of it. I know that I talk very quickly. And even when I'm talking now, I'm slowing it down. So for me, this is quite slow. When I get going about something I'm passionate about or know something about, it's literally just... Brrr, it's just... There's, it's word format. It's almost not English. I, as an English speaker, if I listen to someone that speaks Spanish, it sounds like there's no gaps, there's no syllables, there's just one long word yeah. the whole time. And I imagine that's what it's like for some people. So I'm aware. I'm trying to tone it back, but it's hard. It was. It did make me laugh. I've never heard of anybody that's actually had to slow a podcast down. Normally, yeah. I speed it up. Well, we don't have the native English speakers or not. And then you've got me, who barely speaks English and talks quickly. <laughs> and they mumble, so it doesn't work. You're <laughs> fucked. Uh, well, on to this week's episode. Um, why this case? It's been in the news recently. I thought he had been interviewed by Piers Morgan for one of his American prison shows, but I couldn't find anything. Turned out I had watched an episode of Mind of a Murderer back from 2015 when he'd been interviewed by Dr. Michelle Ward. Now, she's dropped dead gorgeous. She's the blonde one. She's, you know, she's a stunner to look at. It's a struggle to find this episode, I will admit. I've, I've actually managed to find it, but I'm going to be watching it a couple of weeks after this comes out again to make sure I haven't missed anything, capturing all the notes. So if I do, I'll update. So a lot of what I've pulled is from the various appeals, but it makes sense to include it in the chronological order rather than as a postscript. Everything is in the description as usual. Let me take you to White House, Texas. It's called a city, but a population of less than 10,000 and sits on Lake Tyler, which is a local recreation spot. Closest big place most of us would have heard of is Dallas, about an hour and a half northwest by road. 23rd of January 1961, Tracy was born to his mother, Carolyn Ruth Click, known as Callie, 
who was 19 at the time. His parents never married. The name Tracy, without an E, he was known apparently as Trey. And I can't blame him for that. Reminds me of Marion being John Wayne's real name. Johnny Cash's song about a boy called Sue. There's been a few others as well. I, do you want me to talk about this for some reason? Uncle Cameron. I don't really have... I kind of have this problem, I guess. But I don't know... I just yeah, think he might have had a view on it. He might have been bullied for the name Tracy because it's typically feminine, sure. But I mean... That's with an E. I didn't realise there was actually... I, I mean, if there's no E in it, I'd, I'd want to call him Tracky, if I'm honest. Well, he was usually called Trey, but I'm going to stick to Tracy. I doubt this was a happy childhood in any respect. There are reports that his mother was married from 1978 to 1984. So Tracy would have been 17 when his stepfather came into his life, along with two step-siblings, a boy and a girl. I don't know their ages. Their names are irrelevant. The stepfather and his children tell of times where Callie would abuse the stepfather's children, but not Tracy. She would send the children outside to walk in circles for hours in the Texas heat. I'm just saying you get about one of those with me and then I'm coming in with an axe. (laughs) Well, it wasn't an axe. I think it was a hammer. But mm. Callie would strip herself naked and force the children to remove their clothing and then beat them. The aforementioned axe. (laughs) At one point, Tracy did tell his mother to stop abusing the children. It makes me suspect they were younger. Yeah, if if he's saying that, it means that he... um, Again, I'm just speculating. To say stop abusing the children, the children, not other teenagers like him. Yeah. And if they were the same age as him, then he might just be comfortable with them standing up for themselves. But if... Mm -hmm. Referring to children, that's probably sub-10, I imagine. But he never made any physical attempt to stop her. And he didn't have a good relationship with his stepfather, nor the step-siblings. His stepfather kicked him out of the house when Tracy took his mother's car without permission and crashed it. The stepdad's just as much to blame as she is. He's complacent in it. Mm -hmm. Complicit. Complicit? Yeah, complicit. Sorry, Craigslist. (laughs) Calm down. Why no one ever went to the police or child protective services? I've got no idea, but we're probably talking the 70s, early 80s. So mm. Tracy started to get into all sorts of trouble. He had a long criminal history, which eventually culminated in him attacking what was described as his niece. But I've got no idea if there are any brother or sisters or if this was another step relative's child. That attack was her being beaten with a live electrical wire, being shocked by the wire, pulling her hair out, hitting her in the face and burning her with a cigarette. And this is what Tracy had apparently done. All bad enough. The niece was 18 months old. He gets sent away for that for four years. 1988, he gets 15 years for auto theft. That's a... Yeah, so he's he's had he's done all sorts of things. This is not just a one standalone thing, and it must be big. Fifteen years for auto, auto theft. theft. What was yeah. he stealing? And he might have, have done loads of times. Because come on, yeah, we've covered cases. That old chick that killed her husband yeah. got about eight minutes in prison. I bring it up all the time because it annoys me. Just because you're old, I don't care. I've got no idea, but it must have been. It's more than just. It had to be not with a gun or something violent in order for him yeah. to get fifteen years. Where is it? Is it in Dallas? Did he say? It, no, it's from. It's in Texas. Texas is big. 
takes you all day and night to drive across it. I'm just saying because I know some states have a sort of zero tolerance gun policy if they're in using a crime. It kind of amplifies it. There's so little detail. The, the, the minor details. I went down some weird rabbit holes. 1990, while serving that sentence for the 15 years auto theft, he attacks a prison officer and he gets another three years tacked on for that. There, in fact, were 16 incidents when Tracy threatened or attacked prison employees or then go on to say showed other acts of violence whilst in several Texas prisons and he had his parole revoked four times. So consequently, he'd get paroled, he'd get out, he'd act up, he'd get dragged back in, he'd act, yeah. When he comes out in 2000 on parole, his mother gets all excited to have him home for about five minutes. They fight like cat and dog. And he attacks her again. And his parole is revoked. And back inside he goes. Do we have any information on the step siblings at this point? No. And I'll tell you where the step siblings come into it after. I know you said that they're, they were almost irrelevant to the story because they're, they're not. Their names are irrelevant. Yeah, because yeah. then I don't know how much of a part they play in the actual story that we're going to tell. But are they not present at all at this point? No. Okay. No. October 2003, he's let out on parole again. And back to the same old pattern with mother. She tells all the neighbours it's going to be wonderful having him back home. They are fighting constantly. She kicks him out and a day or two later she lets him back. He hates her. He calls her controlling. Resents the fact he has no money. But who's going to give him a job with that record? Callie's home is described as a trailer. It didn't look like one from the photographs that I saw. And Tracy describes how the house was being underpinned, which he wouldn't do with footings for a trailer, which baffled me. But he would help his mother down the holes or something. But whilst looking at her, he was holding a hammer and fantasising about hitting her over the head with it. He beats her regularly, with one neighbour describing it later, that on one occasion she was black and blue and almost dead. She's in her early 60s. He could have easily killed her from the beatings but it seems to be some sort of macabre merry-go-round these two are on. 23rd of November, 2003, around 4pm, Callie goes to visit a neighbour with the usual story. Had enough of him and has told him to leave. The neighbour probably just shrugged as they'd heard it so many times before. Trey, mm, Tracy, he was no better and would often complain to the neighbours about his mother, how she didn't feel like driving him to a job interview and ruined his chances, etc. How much he, he hated her, how much he wished she was gone, how much he wanted to strangle her, all that sort of stuff. I actually feel sorry for the neighbours having to listen to all of that. 5.30pm that same day, a cousin of Tracy's was surprised to find him at her house, driving his mother, Callie's car. The cousin knew full well that Callie never let anyone drive her car, and especially not him, after smashing hers up all those years ago, and him not even having a valid licence or insurance. When he's challenged about having the car, he tells her, Oh, it's fine. Mother's gone away for a few weeks and says I can use the car. Stays at his cousin less than ten minutes, probably to avoid all the questions. The next day, another of Callie's neighbours was surprised to find him on a doorstep, waving a turkey at him. Mother's gone away for a few weeks and I don't need a turkey for Thanksgiving. Do you want it? I'm damn sure she didn't give him permission to drain her bank accounts, nor max out her credit cards along with the car. But he did just that. Of course, he didn't do anything really useful with all that money. 
he just drank and drugged himself into a stupor. Something happened. It's not clear at all who or when, but Callie is reported as missing. What could he have even done with that money? I don't know I, how I, much it was. It's never mentioned. I can't get the original trial transcripts. It's all from the appeals. I'm just wondering what you could try to do. I know the case that we covered the other week, where um, the boy that was in foster care got convinced to kill his adopted mother, effectively, yeah. for enough life insurance policy to buy a house, blah, blah, blah. But they kind of had like a, a plan with it, almost. There was like a, a cause and effect in A and a B. They yeah. And they took 18 months planning it. He Kill her, get the money, buy the house. But with with him, he can't get a job because he's a criminal. Yeah. Which, is, again, is a flawed system to begin with. So what's he going to do with it? He already can't drive, so I guess he could then spend the money on getting to drive. But that seems like a, quite a low ambition, doesn't it? It's just a quite a low-end goal for the for the outcome of having killed your mother. I think... Well, it... well, we don't actually know she's dead yet because she could have been on holiday. She could have been on holiday. I think it goes to his need for instant gratification. Let's get drunk. Let's get stoned, you know, out of my box. And I don't have to think about any of this. He's a, he's a habitual criminal by this point. There is no thought process going on, I don't think, with him. It, yeah, it seems to be driven by hedonism. This is what he wants, so he's going to get it yeah. within, within the short term, but short term again. But if his whole life has been sort of in this environment, he's going to turn to substances, isn't he? Yeah. So I'm not surprised that's what he does. Well, no. Well, Callie's been reported missing and Tracy has been picked up on car and theft charges in another county about 40 miles away and he's slung back in jail. You would think that being an old hand, being a prisoner, he would have kept his mouth shut. But he started telling other prisoners that he had killed his mother. He then decides he wants to speak to the investigators and tell them where to find his missing mother. They are barely out of the gate on that investigation. They know she's not around, but they've got no idea what's happened. He tells them they need to get her out of the hole before Christmas and takes them to a spot behind his mother's house where they find Callie with the help of cadaver dogs in a small, shallow grave. She is naked except for some tights over her head and face. Her body has been sprinkled with garlic and mothballs. She's a fucking vampire, what is she? <laughs> It's not, it's not October anymore. You don't eat the garlic, fam. Is it because he's trying to hide the smell? That's why you yes. put mothballs and garlic. Oh, and he, he then also dumps... It's a herb garden, bro. <laughs> he then dumps a load of cat litter over the top. So, yes, you're right about the smell. And then some wood on top of that. And finally, the soil. Imagine being a, a cat litter producing company and you're like, <laughs> it hides the smell of a dead body. <laughs> it's, it's really good at cat litter. <laughs> the autopsy showed she was suffocated, strangled or smothered to death. She had suffered broken bones in her neck, cracked ribs, blunt force trauma to her head and a fractured breastbone. That sounds to me like a beating, doesn't it, Cam? It's not attacking. It could also be one of the many beatings I've done to each other. No. It seems like they almost enjoy it. They're in this really weird cycle. Yes. They get into an altercation. Someone gets fucked up and kicked out. Mm -hmm. They come back again and they seem to return the favour. Yeah. It's almost this, this codependent violent thing. Where's the stepdad in this? Oh, he's long gone. Long gone. They were only married until 1984. Okay, so that probably explains why there were no step-siblings involved at this point. There may have been more, but there's no mention of them anywhere. Okay. I mean, how has she not been brought up on the abuse for the step-siblings anyway? Because if she didn't abuse him, apparently, which obviously she did, or she'd then go to do it again in the future, why was she not pulled up on 
Not getting naked and fighting your kids. That's some that's some Spartan shit. It doesn't need to be doesn't need to be there. Not reported. There's no reports of it. Again, going back to it at the time, definitely not. No. Tracy gives the police four different versions of what happened, including one where he told the detective that a friend of his named Junior killed his mother and then he killed Junior. He said he buried his mother in the backyard and threw Junior's body into a lake. There's another where he said that his mother had pulled a gun on him and he killed her in self-defence. But the one they eventually settled on was he walked in, they fought as usual, she kneed him in the nuts and he strangled her. Do you think he said he killed Junior because they won't be able to find the body of Junior? If they did believe that, then they can't actually pin anything on him because there's no body of Junior. Because, oh, that's why she's dead because Junior did it. So I killed Junior. So yeah, probably. that wrapped that up nice and tidy, didn't yeah, it? No. So, of course, he's slung in jail again, awaiting the murder trial, and he still can't keep it together. The judge orders he provides a handwriting sample, probably for the bank account and the credit card fraud stuff that was going on. And he refuses. He's also found with a long metal shank whilst in jail. So he gets into trouble for that. He's indicted for capital murder. And that is about the fact he killed Callie whilst committing a burglary. It goes to trial in 2004 and he is barely engaged. Seemingly, he's, he's just shut off from the whole trial. He sat there doodling through most of it. One of the neighbours who testified had actually become sort of friends with Tracy and had allowed him to stay at hers when the relationship with his mother unravelled for the umpteenth time. She later said at another hearing that she didn't feel how the prosecution at the original trial had portrayed Callie as a poor, little, weak, disabled lady was fair and that the defence had never followed up on that and later described her friend, inverted commas, as she could be a hateful, vindictive, two-faced old bitch. But she also didn't have anything positive to say about Tracy. In fact, absolutely no one did. A forensic psychiatrist took the stand at the trial and said that Tracy had an antisocial personality disorder, which is pretty obvious, I guess, but that he was not mentally ill to any significant degree and had an IQ of 100, which places him apparently in the, in the middle of the population. He is, of course, convicted and given the death penalty in August of 2004. And the inevitable appeals start. I lost track of how many there were, to be honest. All of them failed, but there were some compelling arguments which in another state may have taken the death penalty off the table. It's Texas. Murder. Did the prosecution's allegation of burglary or attempted burglary contribute to the penalty? Yes, it became a capital murder case because of that. Under Texas law, a defendant can be found guilty of capital murder if a murder occurs during the commission of a separate felony. Yeah, I've heard about it before. In some states, they have it. If you commit a crime with someone and you have an accomplice and then you kill someone, they also get sentenced for the, the murder as well because they were an accessory to helping someone commit a murder. And I think it's to stop people from just getting away with the murder based on the robbery. So like a lesser crime is what they're being sentenced for rather than like the secondary one of them like try actually killing someone. There's often a problem with that because you can be sat in the car as the getaway driver and you've got no clue they've got a gun and they kill somebody. You just think you've gone to rob somewhere, which is bad enough, yes, but 
you've got no idea that they've got a loaded gun with them and somebody dies and you end up with the death penalty. So there is a problem with that. There is a problem with that. There's a, f- there's a few countries within Africa, South Africa, I'm not sure, where the punishment for rape was the same as murder. So they were just murdering people afterwards. Oh. Because it, it just, it just incentivizes that. them to kill them then. But to be honest, we're, take, we're going slightly off track with this, obviously, but this is where rapists often progress, where there are death penalty cases on the book for all the severe punishment. If you're going to get 30 years for rape, you may as well kill someone. And they do progress so They, they to can't that. identify you or find out that you did it. You're not even there anymore. Yeah, yeah exactly. There's a lot of arguing in all the appeals about how the prosecution was attempting to look at the intent behind the words that the witnesses said Callie had used. You know, I've had enough of him. I'm kicking him out. How you can even look at the intent of the words somebody used that's now dead when it's hearsay technically anyway because they're just... It seems to have worked. The problem... For Tracy, about this capital charge, was he lived with her. Just because the neighbour said that Callie had told her that Tracy was going to have to leave, the prosecution were able to say he had no right to be in the house. So consequently, him going Wouldn't in... Wouldn't she have to formally evict him, though, if he's been living there for a period of time? You'd have thought so, but they managed to get but away with um, it. They'll have a minimum of 30 days that you have to give an official de- eviction no, notice. No, no, no. Dep- honest to goodness, it depends where you live, and a lot of it... This, especially this, is pre-COVID. A lot of the legislation you're talking about is COVID-related, That, but it's it depends where you live. No, I'm pretty sure it's to prevent landlords from being like, right, move out now. You have a minimum of a month. But he's her son. I don't think that changes it, though. You're still defined as a, like a legal tenant. It all depends because he's yo-yoing, like a piece of it, you know, well, yeah, a piece if, of elastic. If it's not defined as a fixed abode, maybe. Yeah, but that's where they got the burglary bit from. Many neighbours said they fought constantly. She would kick him out, and a few days later, he would be back. So, to me, it's a stretch. I don't see how you can actually attach that burglary bit to it, but they managed it. There's the usual ineffective counsel claim. Well, that's the appeals made it sound like that. And I'm actually on his side with this one. So much evidence that may have helped him avoid the death penalty wasn't dug into by his lawyers. Annoying that we have to say this, but you agree with the ineffective counsel, not with what he did. Yes. Da, da, da. Yeah, the, yeah. the counsel may have been incompetent because if they didn't, based on what I just said there about the, the whole tenancy thing, they might have been able to argue that alone. So that would then prove it wasn't a robbery because he did also live there. Well, it sounded like an abusive childhood, didn't it? Not that that's an excuse of any way, shape or form. But you would have thought maybe that was a mitigation. And this is where... Not just the appeal, it was the secondary filing, which was a a writ of habeas corpus, which is which everybody knows what that actually translates to. And he... What is it? I don't. Produced the body. He hasn't got a right of appeal on a point of law. So a habeas corpus writ would allow him to bring in stuff that wasn't actually brought up at trial. Okay. Yeah? Now, what they did... They, the defence, that he had really good defence this time around. They, they employed private investigators. They found the original stepfather. They found the stepbrother and stepsister that he'd been brought up with. They actually went and testified in court about what Callie had done to them. 
and how Trey had been treated as well, which was apparently better than they were. They also couldn't find anybody and they travelled all over Texas and various other parts of the US to places where Tracy had lived and they couldn't find anybody who had a good word to say about this man. The mental illness angle. Well, antisocial personality disorder. Mm. They also dropped in at this point that they thought he had paranoid schizophrenia, maybe brain damage, and was intellectually disabled. Yeah, camera's pulling faces at me here. Two psychiatrists tried to test him, but there was a problem. Although the courts had ruled handcuffs should not be used in such a setting when he's being assessed by psychiatrists, the prison had refused to take them off. And the psychiatrist said that the tests could not be concluded properly as he was cuffed. The courts refused to get involved with it, which to me is actually more than just a bit bizarre. They, they went to the federal court and the federal court said it's not a federal thing. Well, somebody's got to make the... Pri they managed to get away with it. I don't understand how they managed to get away with this ruling that says you cannot have somebody cuffed when you are doing this assessment. And the president turned around and said it's a proportionate response because he's so dangerous. Well, but it doesn't matter if it's a, like a, a federal governance supersedes a state thought, governance. But they still did it. And when the defence tried to get something done about it. Is the same thing with um, certain states have a stop and identify thing? You can They can identify, but... You know the whole thing of they, they have to have a reasonable, articulable suspicion of you committing a crime in order yes. to perceive your ID yes. and based on probable cause to, yes. to, to like further the investigation. And some places have a stop and identify thing. So therefore, because they can stop and identify you, they're like, oh, it's an investigation, but they, you have to have an articulable suspicion of the crime being committed and they then use that as basically a way to like finger you to find out if you've got drugs on you somehow. I think I read And the, the federal thing supersedes the state, but they sort of try to argue that it doesn't. But no, it does. There's there been like, one in the paper this week that the guy that right there was a blind guy that was walking that's down the one the, I was going to was talk about the road They're like that sticks a gun he said no it's not this is a stick yeah and and he was like what you're a tyrant and she said yeah and then they basically arrested, arrested him. him they arrested him for resisting resisting is a physical thing not a verbal thing yeah. so they're just showing like no yeah we are we just didn't want you to actually know your rights so that's why they nicked him oh uh, yeah but he got and, I mean he's gonna make bank from it anyway so yeah. like at the end of the day good for him I guess well. It's still a civil liberties problem. Oh, yeah, it comes out of tax, but fuck them. <laughs> <laughs> Going back to the psychiatrist, one actually writes a letter to Tracy's um, lawyers and says, Tracy is clearly psychotic and has a complex, paranoid, delusional belief system. Unfortunately, he doesn't think he has any mental illness and believes the delusion he describes is really happening. Whilst he appeared generally logical and linear, when questioning turned to his current incarceration, a complex delusional world revealed itself. He talked about a vast conspiracy of correctional officers who spread false rumours about him in order to turn people against him. They torture him via a device in his ear so he can hear their menacing voices. Mr. Beatty believes his thoughts are being read and broadcast to others and that the correctional officers who are not even present in the prison are trying to turn inmates and other officers against him by spreading lies. It didn't stick. 
everything was turned down. He was previously scheduled to be executed in 2009, 2015 and 2020. All of those were stayed. He's lobbing court cases about for all of them. But the 2021 was stayed because of COVID, obviously. October 2022, last month, Tracy married an Israeli woman. I'll explain about her in a second. On Wednesday, the 10th of November, 2022, Tracy Lane Beatty was executed by the state of Texas at Huntsville Prison. I won't give you his last words. His mother never got anyone apart from him to hear hers, did she? His wife was there to witness his death. He was the fourth person executed in Texas this year and six executions are scheduled for 2023. According to the Death Penalty Information Centre, the, since the Supreme Court reinstated the death penalty in 1976, Texas has executed 577. Six of those were women. Where do we go with this one? His mother was abusive. Well, we have his step-siblings saying that. Her ex-husband said she was mentally ill. But we have no corroborating evidence. And exes do say some stuff at times, don't they? And even if she was abusive, why did he continually go back? He had lived all over Texas. He's stuck in a cycle of abuse. People do that. Why, why do women stay with abusive partners? They either do it for the kids because they don't know what the outcome of the kid's going to be or because that's where they know they can be if they, air quote, keep them sweet so they don't get beaten up again. Yeah. Or they're stuck in a Stockholm Syndrome thing. Yeah. He, he's stuck in a, in a cycle. He, he doesn't have anywhere to go because he can't because he's a criminal. He doesn't have any mates that he can go around and do it with because he's probably going to commit more crime because it means he's repeatedly done it before. That's why he got locked up multiple times. So where else is he going to go? He can go back to his man's mum who gets naked and fights him. <laughs> well, if she was abusive... And he's a vampire, apparently. <laughs> if she was abusive, so what? It's not a licence to kill someone. No, but if you're stuck pushed into a corner, if if, if, an, if you do you get annoyed an animal for fighting back at you when you push him into no. a corner? no. Again, you well, some people do. That's what is yeah, animal abuse. Ex exactly. So for him, I don't agree with it, but I'm also not surprised. But I don't know. I don't know what led him to do it in this instance. What What was the straw that broke the camel's back? Maybe it was the knee and the nadgers. That's true. Actually, it pissed him off so much. You've yeah. No, I, this business about her being abusive was hidden so deep within the appeals stuff, and I'd never known anything about that. That's why I'm not necessarily wary to talk about it, but I'm also thinking it's it's, it's almost not hearsay. Blaming. Yeah, yeah, it's also hearsay to a degree. So I don't know how much of it is true. But it's the fact that the, her ex-husband actually testified at that court hearing on behalf, even though they didn't like him, they testified on behalf of Tracy that this is she what was she, abusive. she was yeah. abusive. Both those kids said it's the same thing as Ed Kemper. You can't agree with him doing it, but you see why he did it. Mm. That's why I use the animal push into the corner analogy because it's you don't you don't agree that the cat scratched you. or Why should it scratch you? It might be him trying to help it, but it's if it scratches you, you, you are you surprised face when the cat does scratch you? I I'm not surprised face that he did this. I don't think he should have done. It. I think he should have gotten as uh, far away as possible. It was fucked off somewhere one of the country almost. Probably didn't have a passport actually. Being an American, a lot of them don't. No, very large proportion don't. You don't need to. Your your one country has. Every... All the climates you may possibly need yeah, ever. Yeah, exactly. Turns out there was an ex-wife. Who? Where? What? I've got no idea. Apart from the Israeli woman that he married. Yeah, there was an original ex-wife. We don't know what she would have had to say about him. There's no 
records of that in anywhere that I went digging. Probably had mummy issues of some kind. He also seemingly had two adult daughters who had gone on to have their own families as well. So obviously name changes, they're not associated with him, but would they have any memories of what he was like? He was probably in prison for most of it. True. Because he was in prison for at least 15 years, plus like seven for fighting guards and stuff. This new wife from Israel, it was a pen pal situation. And I did find him on a prisoner pen pal site. It's from 2004. Did you see that the actual profile? As yeah, a, yeah. But that felt weird, didn't it? Yeah, and it's, it's uh, yeah. Well, he said he put up his what he called his booking photo and he really didn't look anything like that on any of the stuff I've seen and the documentary I mentioned. And that's, of course, all linked. I didn't put it in dibl- deliberately in the stuff that I sent you, Cameron, because it, it almost looks like one of those um, photocopies you used to have at school where they used to put these sheets of paper on something and you, they'd roll this machine and it, you'd smell chemicals and you'd get almost like a really bad line drawing come out. It didn't look... He looked like a reject from Wham! Or some pop group from the 80s. He really didn't look like the normal prison photo that most people will recognise when I end up putting it up and you've got there. From here, he's had a, quite a drastic change in his appearance. Well... He doesn't, it doesn't look like the same man. Anything they've got that's similar is they've got that mole by the eye. Right, I'll talk about that in a second. But the mental health strategy was, I think, just that. Somebody probably told him to act crazy and they won't kill you. So I think that's why he was... I personally believe he was acting up for psychiatry. Antisocial personality disorder, absolutely. But I don't think he had paranoid schizophrenia. He would have learnt how to fake that in prison. Why do I recognise his name? Someone else I'd mentioned to that we're doing this case today recognised the name as well. I'm not sure if the surname Beatty is common in the UK. I recognise it from the Beatty brothers, which have trucks and shit they're like a logistics company that's the only place i recognize the word beat you from but i recognize this name i think it is quite a common name i went to school with somebody many decades ago we saw americans pronounce it Beatty as well so there is a difference from that we we say Beatty, but it's a, i think it's quite a common name on that documentary i mentioned he was well odd he had really thick black rimmed glasses which you've never you never see him wearing in anywhere else except in one of the pictures I've sent you, Cam. His demeanour was off somehow. Frankly, he came across as creepy and off. But again, I don't know if it was a game he was playing because he was talking to Dr. Michelle. Oh, and one other thing I must mention. Tucked away in one paper was mention of a skin problem he had. Something called Daria disease. The pictures of him, I thought his skin colour and texture was probably what's known as prison pallor, but maybe not. Daria disease is a skin condition characterised by wart-like blemishes on the body. The blemishes are usually yellow in colour, hard to the touch, mildly greasy and can emit a strong odour. Has he got the plague? What did he just describe? Yeah. He's got so many warts, that's the plague. <laughs> that mark on his face i can't work out if that's a mole that looks like a mole it's or been it's a not a, a, one of those really bad prison tats that's supposed to be no, like I a teardrop think so. i think it's a mole uh i think a teardrop has a meaning as well doesn't that mean straight edge or something i used to think it was gang but i know it's changed i know uh tattoos by the eye they can either, they can either mean you're like teetotal you don't do anything no. obviously he's not so one thing his defense probably didn't touch on was that people with daria disease may have neurological disorders such as mild intellectual disability, epilepsy and depression, 
and also learning and behaviour difficulties have also been reported in people with Darre disease. And less than 50,000 people in the USA have it. Mm. So the only thing that we actually had that was to confirm that she was abusive was what the ex-husband yes. had. Mm-hmm. His stepdad. Okay. And the stepchildren. Yeah, and the stepchildren that said, okay. Yeah. But the neighbour did say she could be a nasty old bat, but still doesn't excuse the fact he shouldn't have killed her. But we don't know for definite what really tripped him over because he, he just opens his mouth to lie. One did thing that did come up, um, it's it because the he's just very, very recently been executed. I have seen executions. Uh, a lot of people have, up to the point where they usually close the curtains and, you know. It was unusual for me that he was, he actually had um, needles in both wrists. Wrists? Why are they in the wrists? I don't know. Which made me think, what was wrong with the veins in his elbows? Which is where most times they go and put a line in, don't they? Did he have a history of intravenous drug abuse? Not that I'm aware of, but with how bad this whole background to this case has been. And actually, to be fair, though, if he's been in prison for that long, I don't know how much regeneration you might have of veins. Because they do, they do come back. Well, he was... Well, yeah, but there's the ability to get hold of drugs in prison. Is well, that's what I mean. So it would be harder for him to get hold of the heroin that he'd want to inject. So then the, I'd imagine some of them would have come back. But, and, to be fair, he was old. So what, was what were his veins like at the time? Yeah, he was 61. He was 61 when he was executed. He looked a lot older than 61. Yeah. That's what President does for you. It's very, um, I think, quite interesting, the final pictures of him with his beard. He looks almost benign, doesn't he? But when you look at the earlier pictures of him, it, it, honest to God, you just get from a look at looking at him. I, yeah, he, Whatever way happened, it, it wasn't right what happened, but it's, it's the whole hoo-ha over the execution that I think is was quite interesting with this one. And finally, the victim who should not be forgotten, Carolyn Ruth Click, aged 62. I didn't make a single joke about matricides for this whole thing. No. I'm just saying, I, I could have done, I could look to you and said, watch it. <laughs> I've been waiting for you to do it. Be on your best behaviour. Uh, so that's the end of the podcast. Thank you very much for listening. You can find us on Twitter and Instagram at Murder Me Monday Podcast. Email us at Murder Me Monday Podcast at gmail.com. My Instagram is CamCutFocus. Patreon in the description below, and we'll see you next time. Thank you very much. Peace. Bye.